really, I'm just going to say, I'm really glad that all you people are. You people. Are, are, yes. <laughs> you lightning people <clears throat> are getting to deal with all these rough edges and, and all the uh, miscom- you know, miscommunication, discommunication around lightning. And I'm, I'm just doing the simple stuff. There's, and, there's people out there who are doing more complicated stuff and they're pulling I'm their hair I'm just waiting out. until this, most of it gets kind of fixed and then I'll jump in. I really, I just don't have the patience for it. It's just, it was, it's still half-baked. I mean, there's still just, I mean, I just listen to people, uh, you know, just consultants talking about, what was it this week? Uh, um, you, you can't, you can't even mark a note as private. There's just all these things where like, you know, just Lex-wise is, Mm-hmm. Basic stuff is still kind of feature incomplete. I mean, I know they're always adding stuff, but... Yeah, wow, there's this, the whole feature parody stuff, and then there's just the stuff with building I, custom lightning. I feel like if you jumped on the lightning bandwagon a year or two ago, whenever they and whenever they it was feasible to even start using it, <clears throat> it's like, it reminds me of the... It's like the equivalent of... Uh, did, you, did you watch the one of those Chevy Chase, you know, vacation movies where he mm-hmm. forgot to un, unhook the dog from... It was had the dog tied to the bumper? Oh, yeah. And it's just like you're just like getting drug and you're bouncing, bouncing all over the place. And just you know, <laughs> you might live to Where, see. You might live the to see the end developers of it, but, are the dog in that in that. But scenario. it's certainly going to bruise you up really badly. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. I know. It's, I mean, I've you know, it's, I look over people's shoulders and it, it's getting a lot better. I mean, everyone says it's getting better, and I think in the was it the summer release, it's you know just significant improvements. Um, it's just ah, I, I just. I don't know whether I don't know. But I'm, I don't want to go out and say it's been mismanaged, uh, but I definitely think you know there's some <laughs> there's some points of criticism to be made on on how it was communicated. Um, I think they were a little ambitious. They <laughs> they did not realize what they were biting off, even though they knew they knew it was huge. But yeah. I just don't I don't think they expected it. Which is which is I mean at least they're innocent there. I don't think they expected it would be this rough. I don't know that any of us expected it to be this rough. Well, we didn't because we listened to what they told us. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, every Dreamforce, you can build anything. We have lightning. Everyone's got yeah. lightning now. Oh, yeah. Do it. Remember that? Just do it. Remember when, it's well, lightning. When Salesforce bought that CPQ company, they, they, the reason they bought it is because they went was, into Mark Benioff's office yeah. and demoed it to him, and it was 100% lightning. That's right. He <laughs> <laughs> was so oh, impressed wow. by how it was lightning Yeah, he was impressed. Already. Exactly. But, all right, we got to buy these guys. Yeah. <laughs> They, they built this. They big built it on lightning before we even released lightning. That's how good these guys are. They must have a time machine or something. Exactly. <clears throat> Talk about forward thinkers. That's how good their AI is. Can go into the future, figure it all out, and then come back with a complete solution. Well, Einstein's been time traveling, so he's been bringing back products to us. Yeah. So that right. so that we can have them now yeah. instead of later. Exactly. All right. So, what is your what what lightning stuff have you been working on? Oh, it was really simple. I I just needed to add a record type selector. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think I saw when I was walking by. I saw that. Yeah, so and it, was, does, it was kind of it was for for someone like me who cares about pixels and placement and how things work. You're a pixel pusher. Um, it like, was <laughs> it was a pain in the ass. I'll say that. <laughs> I think that word is allowed. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I think P, I let one of those P slip through last week. P yeah. in the A sounds worse. That sounds horrible. Doesn't Don't say that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that. I'm gonna have to bleep that. <laughs> <laughs> How can the abbreviation sound worse than <laughs> whatever you do? Don't do a P in the A. <laughs> mm, that, that's, that's that's not even we can't even have a title with that, can we? No. <laughs> I just I just can't believe that my abbreviation sounded worse. Yeah, 
See, no good deed goes unpunished. I know. <laughs> oh man. But you know, I, yeah, there's no native because uh, you know normally whenever you override something, you still get the record type selector page. You know, Salesforce in Lightning. Yeah. Well, no, in Classic. Okay. You, you know, you you build a custom whatever widget, and you get the record type selector, and then you move on. Well, because this is a custom calling the custom create record method. You would think that it would go, oh, this needs a record type selector first. Um, but it doesn't. And this is still classic? No, this is lightning. Okay. How, how do you, okay, in classic, if you create a new record that has record types, or for an object that has record types, you get that intermediate screen that makes you pick. Right. And right. Salesforce does that for you. What? Salesforce does that for you. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah, it knows <clears throat> to, to do that. Even if you override it with a Visual Force page, you still get to that screen yes. first. So Salesforce my question to you is, that. in lightning, and you, when you say, you know, new account, and you've got account record types, what do you get? You, you, get, a, you get a dialogue um, okay. of the record types that you can pick from, and then you click next, and then you go into the create record dialogue. Okay. So you, you go from one modal to another modal. And this was not sufficient for you, for your use case? No, well, it doesn't do that for me. So because I have my own custom button that says create a record, um, it doesn't inject the record type selector for you. So Why I, doesn't it? Because you have a... Oh, it just doesn't. You would think it would. You would think my call to the create... You can't do this with Salesforce. <laughs> you would think that my call to create record with Salesforce would go, oh, this needs a record type selector screen. So let me pop that up first. Um, you think it would do that for you, but it doesn't. So I had to create my own, um, which is fine. I mean, I, I can create modals. It's, it's easy to show and hide just because Lightning makes that easy because you have all the binding properties and things. So you can create just arbitrary modals that pop up in Lex? Mm-hmm. Really? You just stick it in your markup and hide it, and then you just have bind a property to it to say show is this or hide. If it. you have a component on the screen, you can do this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What if you don't have a? What if there are no components on the screen? It's no custom components. Oh yeah, then you can't. You can't. No. So. So, anyways, I did that. I I had to wrestle. I I tried using some of the native like UI input radio component, and that was just a pain. It didn't do what I wanted it to do. Like I couldn't because it only, it only gives you like an aura ID. To reference, I couldn't create a label that referenced that, um, so that you know whenever you click on the label, it, it highlights the the uh, radio button for you. It's kind of a usability thing. You you can click on the radio button or you can click on the label, and it'll it'll do the same thing. Um, well, using that input component, I couldn't get it to work. It does have a label property that does make that happen, but it it left aligned the label, so the label was on the left and the radio was on the right, and I needed it flipped. And there was no documentation or anything that showed how to flip that. So I had to go custom because I needed to build, I needed things to work a certain way and look a certain way. And then I just had to kind of position things and add padding and just kind of make it look more like the, the native. But I was trying to do so with the design system and avoiding any use of the Salesforce styles, mm. the CSS tags. Um, but in my research and trying to figure that out, I saw a lot of people doing just that. And it was kind of make me cringe a bit, so... If I can offer any advice, stop doing that. So when you do, when you're using the uh, Salesforce Latter-day Saints, do you, do, I mean, are you bringing in your own, does like Salesforce provide the CSS and then you have to bundle that with your component or are you, do you get to link to it dynamically as Salesforce? Do they make do they make it available, like the CSS and everything, available uh, at runtime so that you're always pulling in their latest, you know, copy of, the yeah. styles and everything. Yeah, so they, they make it available now. Um, the, the they do. First, so what happens at if... At first, they didn't. At first, you had to actually include it. And that, I would think you would have to because 
That means that if they're letting you link to that, unless they're versioning this, unless you're linking to a specific version, I mean, that means they can't change their class names. They can't really, they can't change the way things work. Yeah, and that's that's a concern. I can only imagine that the version that you built your component is also tied to a version of the design system and that as those get versioned, um, it'll use specific versions. At, mm-hmm. at least that's the way in my head I assume it works. Um, but you're right, if, if it keeps growing, if it keeps advancing and they have some breaking changes, that, that could be an issue. But right. my assumption is that that it's version, the tie, the versions are tied to to a, a Lightning Design System version. <laughs> I can't say that word, Lightning Design System. And I don't like saying SLDS. I need it's, a it's LDS. Do I say Lex style or I don't know? I need I need like a shorter word for that. Yeah. Well, speaking of CSS, <clears throat> I've actually had the pleasure of starting two new projects. <clears throat> sorry, that uh, have I, it's a big big visual design components. So it's fun because I'm you know back in. Uh, CSS land, and hmm. you know every you know I, I might start a new project like this once every three to six months, but it's it's cool because I get to jump in and catch up on whatever the latest stuff in CSS is is because there's always a new tool or or oh SAS used to be awesome now SAS is horrible and you know all the, it's just <laughs> and and or you know oh you're using Flexbox that's so uh, you know two months ago now it's CSS Grid right so you get to catch up on all the what all the cool kids are doing with you know uh, you know web design basically. But, uh, you know, I've, I've noticed we've started to slip back into this area of, yeah, I'm looking at some of the newer, so if you go to, um, you know, there's something that the, the World Wide Web Consortium maintains. It's basically like a master umbrella list of all the CSS standards, because there's all kinds mm. of, it's like, there's all kinds of them now. It's not just like CSS level two, revision one. There's just, there's like 15, 20, 30, I don't know how many, just tons of different standards that are really specific to certain aspects of CSS. And so I'm looking at these, and and I, you know, I do, you know, I, I try to, to read, you know, latest blogs on what's going on, and listen to some podcasts and stuff. But I, I'm trying, you know, I was going to try to use a couple of these new things that, have, of course, they've been around for, you know, the, the, the standards themselves have been around for, you know, a couple of years, but it takes a while for the browser vendors. But you know, I right. go to, you know, the can I use, which is a great thing. That can I use this? Yeah, can I? Yeah, I just we need we need a petition. Can I use to see if we can use it with Lightning? Well, the, I just all you have to do is say all you have to do is Google can I use and then something, and it'll it will come it'll go right up to it. But anyway, we're getting back into this the situation where all the browsers support these things except for IE and Edge, even Edge. And the yeah. one I was looking at in specific was um, I wanted to use Object Fit, which is um, if you haven't used it. It works similarly to, to the way that um, background images work, and you because know, mm-hmm. in CSS so you've got background image, and then there's um, there's there's several other because like CSS properties that control like how it repeats, where it's positioned, all that kind of stuff. Right. <clears throat> and object fit is kind of like that, except there's more options. There's there's these named things. There's like um, co- uh, there's like cover and stretch, and like you can like if you let's say you have a certain bounding box and you want to put an image in that, but it's they're not the same aspect ratio ratio or whatever. So like, what do you do? Do you do you distort it to fit, right? Or do you just let one uh, kind of would you let one dimension crop off or whatever? So this you don't have to you don't have to do any math or specify the numbers. You can there's just keyword there's like keywords for that for those types of things. And so I was trying to use this, but I, I go to can I use and sure enough, Edge IE and Edge don't support it. I'm like, well, damn. There are polyfills, but I looked at the polyfill, and it's kind of complex. And I'm also like, okay, do I want to? 
don't want to go down this route of having all these polyfills now. And then how am I going to test these polyfills? I mean, I mean, I know I should be, you know, you got to test anyway, but that, that's just something else to debug. I mean, it's not going to just, I mean, I'd be lucky if all these polyfills just, oh, magically suddenly work. No, they're not all going to work. I'm going to have to go in there and figure out why one of them's not working and I this, that, or the yeah. other, some version. Or you put it out and you get the random support <clears throat> case and now you're scrambling. Yeah. So, I don't know. This is just, I guess it's par for the course. I thought we were, we seem to be in a really good area web development-wise. I mean, because you and I go, because we're so old. You know, so, yeah. we go back to the time when, I mean, gosh, you remember when, um, when well, when like Mac, uh, IE5 for Mac was actually the best browser out there. The only browser that properly impl- implemented the box model. Well, now they all do. And remember, what was it? What was the doc type thing you had to do to to flip it into? Do you remember Corks mode? Yeah, like you had to do yeah. a doc type to to force it into standards mode if you wanted to use like the correct box model. And it's just, and you know, there were just so many crappy implementations. You know, Netscape would implement it one way, or Mozilla, or whatever. I would implement it another way, and it's just it was such a mess. And it is, it is still. I mean, without a doubt, it's like totally better than what it used to be web development is. I mean, I remember when you you had to do, I mean, oh, you want rounded corners? Well, that that's images. I mean, everything was images. You know, rounded cor- images for rounded corners. You had to build those in Photoshop yeah. or whatever. Um, you know, you had to use the the one pixel transparent or dot for all kinds of different techniques. And I mean, nowadays, you can get extremely visual without ever having to put a raster image on your screen, on the screen. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, with um, animations and, and uh, gradients and this is uh, not to mention with SVG. I mean, there's just so much you can do without having a single image. Pretty much the only thing you have to have an image for is, is a logo. I mean, f- for a lot of apps. I don't know. I'm... Yeah, the nice thing with SVG is it's math, so it scales properly and everything. You're yeah, not getting a lot um, of distortion. What do you call it? uh, it's vector. Right? Yeah, it yeah. is vector. Yeah, so you're not getting a lot of distortion on your images, especially when you're scaling to different sizes. Now you're still if you're if you're you know if you're talking about like a logo or something complex, yeah, you're still going to design that in a tool, Illustrator right. or something, but. There's a lot that you can do with S- in SVG if you're just doing simple shapes and things, and particularly animating those shapes. That's what's cool about SVG. Yeah. And I, I keep saying this. I've, I've been saying it for a year. I really need to like just play around with SVG more. I just haven't done that much with it. I know what it's capable of. Right. And how awesome it is. I just, I, I don't know. I haven't done much with it. Um, so, I don't know. I know Chris Coyer's got a, he did an SVG book recently that supposedly is pretty good. I think it's a book apart, you know. I might have publisher. it. I buy a freaking every book apart, and I, I have so many stacked that I haven't finished reading them all. And it's not like they're thick books. I just have a long reading list yeah. right now. And so You, you but, remind me of these people. I see them in my neighborhood all the time. I call them the step one people. They, they'll have, <laughs> you look at, you, you know, I'm driving through the neighborhood. I try to drive kind of slow to get, you know, keep, keep safe and, you know, the little kids and everything. But also, I can look at people's yards and, you know, I look at their yards and they've got all these bags still in the still complete intact bags of mulch sitting in their flower beds like sp- spread out mm. and they'll be like that for months <laughs> and i call those people step they're step oneers okay step one you per- you acquired the mulch <laughs> yeah like you're you're step one when it comes to books I am. Well, step step a, one, buy books. <laughs> I, I think I just enjoy the process of buying books. Like, like I feel like, like I get a little bit smarter Be because honest, I realize I need that book because it's got good information, and I feel a little bit smarter just for for buying it and sticking it in my library. Be honest, you, you like the smell of books. I actually prefer uh, <laughs> real books over digital. Yeah, I do too. For a I lot, have a for Kindle. A lot of I have. I, I've read books on Kindle and iPad, on phone, on the actual Kindle device. I still prefer. Just paper. Yeah. But I guess I'm a tree killer if I do that. 
Um, I, well, as far as digital books, I mean, like novels and things, I, uh, I like, I do like, you know, like a Kindle format. Um, but technical books don't, they still just, you know, these formats are not very good and they haven't gotten any better as, as far as I can tell. Like the Kindle well, the, and Moby and EPUB. Yeah, because I think with like good. a novel or something, the text, how it flows doesn't really matter as much. But exactly. when you're talking technical books, there's right. like usually some kind of figure or a diagram or, the, you know, where it is, where that diagram is in relation to the text matters. And sometimes, it be, depending on how you scale and your font and the size of your device, that could end up somewhere else. Right. And, you, and you're reading and you, you see a reference to this figure and you're like, uh, psh, what? I know. What, what figure are you talking yeah. about? And so I have to like skip ahead to see the figure and then come back. And you really want PDF for those kinds of books. But, you know, PDFs don't work well on screen readers, if at all, right? Uh, not screen readers, sorry. Uh, uh, di- digital, what are they called? What are Kindles and things called? What are those called? E-readers? E-readers, yeah. Yeah, yeah PDFs, they don't, I don't think they work. They're not made for that. They don't, those things hardly even have the power to render a PDF correctly. And it also, the thing is, PDFs don't reflow. Yeah. Like with a, and that's the point of these, uh, you know, uh, ebook formats is that it's not a baked, you know, line width and font size and all that. It can right. reflow based on, you know, the size of your device and your settings and all that. Right. And PDFs are, it's pretty much, it's baked, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is what it is. Also, um, Headless Chrome is coming out. Really? Um, have you used Phantom JS for testing? No. Okay. <clears throat> so it's, uh, <clears throat> for people who don't know what Phantom JS is, it's a, I think it uses, I th- actually, I think it uses, um, what's WebKit. Okay. But it, um, it lets you write kind of like in-browser tests that are a- automated in browser tests. So you test all your JavaScript and whatever on actual, and an, on an actual DOM implementation. <coughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't pop up a browser. It can run on a, you know, on a headless Linux machine or whatever. Hmm. Um, but headless Chrome is coming out now. <coughs> Jeez. Headless Chrome is coming out. And uh, it's funny, I, I went to the, and I, I think I saw this announced a couple of weeks ago. So it's a pretty new announcement. But uh, I, I went to the PhantomJS website, or I think I maybe saw a link to it or something, and the guy updates it. Maybe it was the, I think it might have been the GitHub uh, markdown, read me, whatever. But he said, uh, yeah, I mean, since Chrome headless is coming out, I'm just shut, I'm shutting down PhantomJS. I'm like, what? I mean, PhantomJS is huge. I mean, let's see. Hmm. Uh, NPM, Phantom, PhantomJS. Uh, see how many usages it's had. Do they have a rank on here? It's... I mean, so 27, 20, sorry, 29, almost 30,000 downloads today. Um, 727,000 downloads in the last month. So hugely used project. I mean, it's like pretty much every significant JavaScript project in a, or web project, you know, this is a really useful tool. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore because we don't need it. We have headless Chrome. If they're going to do that, then I, this is pointless for me to do this. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense. It's kind of sad, but... Yeah, here's the blog post. Uh, headless Chrome is shipping in Chrome 59. It's a way to run the Chrome browser in a headless environment, essentially running Chrome without Chrome. It brings all modern web platform features provided by Chromium and the Blink rendering engine to the command line. Hmm. I wonder so, if Salesforce will pick that up. So they say it's it's useful for... Um, well, like, what, is, um, what does Selenium use? 
I don't know. Oh no, Selenium pops open actual browsers. That's that's a downside to Selenium, I guess. Mm. I mean, when you watch Selenium test run, it's you see browsers opening. Yeah. Uh, so a headless browser is great for automating test and, uh, testing and server environments where you don't need a visible UI shell. So, for example, say you want to run some tests against a real pe- web page, create a PDF of it, or just inspect how the browser renders a URL. That's their description. But anyway, yeah. So everyone who's used Phantom JS, you can now look at uh, headless Chrome. Because <clears throat> I think that I mean that would be useful for Lightning, right? For Salesforce to kind of incorporate something like that into Lightning tests, which we don't have right now. I'm sure they. I'm sure they could. I mean, they they are using Chromium for the new PDF rendering um, that will be coming out. So, I, I'm, I probably am getting this wrong. To me, and this is probably a gross generalization, but like Phantom JS and Headless Chrome, that's that's useful. You're really testing your, you're kind of integration testing your JavaScript right logic, and that that to me that comes into play with Lightning. Totally. Um, but things like Selenium and these other commercial tools that are kind of like Selenium, we've actually there were some a couple of list, uh, listed in the in our Slack today. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what they are, but there's some commercials. They're apparently pretty good. People like them, which is which is a lot, which says a lot because I don't know anyone who says they like Selenium. I mean, it's it does its thing. It's there, but there's like just it's <laughs> some of the things can go wrong with it. It's kind of difficult to work with. It's laborious. Um, but uh, what those things do is they test in actual browsers, so you can say. I want to I want to test this in IE eight through eleven. I want to test this in Chrome, you know, forty five through the latest, and and it it pops open those browsers run them. like Sauce Labs is one I think that does mm. that. But there's there's all these other ones, um, and they they you know they have these images for all these. I must say images like the binary for um, for all these browsers. There it's like a an inventory of these things, and you can run your tests on whichever ones you want, and they can they can screenshot the screens, and you can. Diff those, and that could be part of your your basically your assertions, making right. sure it looks exactly right, and that it can be you can make sure it's pixel perfect. And if any pixels out of place, you know you can have it fail the test. So that's what those do. It's it's beyond just the JavaScript logic testing. It's it's yeah you know, the, all the visual aspects right. as well. Which can, I mean can be good if if even if you don't use it for full coverage of like you're you're diffing all the images, even if you're mm-hmm. just di- almost like smoke testing, like uh, you can catch things like. Um, someone screwed up <clears throat> a link to a CSS file or something, and it like nothing's even rendering right. Right. Which I don't think we would need for for say Lightning. I, th- I think you know just pure just JavaScript functionality testing, output testing, smoke testing, whatever you want to call it. I, I just I, I'm not so sure that we need to get into pixel placement with Salesforce since we're all supposed to be using the design mm-hmm. system anyways. So on, on a related note. I have another question or whatever, a discussion topic, <clears throat> which is, I'm in a situation here, and I've done, I've, I haven't really solved this in a good way before. And I'd like to throw this out and just see if anyone has, you know, ideas or solutions they've used. But I've got, uh, for one org, <clears throat> I've got multiple, um, I would say, what do you call them? Um, build outputs that end up being a static resource. So I might have, I'm just throwing some examples, might have an Angular project um, that's a, something that needs to be built as a part of. So let's say, you know, we're, we're, let's say we're doing it right, the DX way, right? And our source code is the, is the, sort, you know, it's the source of truth. And so, and of course, along with that, with good practices, means you should be able to check out from version control and run one command that builds the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in this case, that includes not only all the Salesforce stuff, 
but multiple different Angular projects. Um, whatever, just other JavaScript projects that might use, you know, jQuery and Bootstrap or whatever. In this case, I've actually got, I think there's, I've got two. <clears throat> and they both have their own uh, gulp file that, that builds them. But what I need to do now, I guess, is I need to write a master level <clears throat> build file that that builds the, the all the JavaScript projects, and then also does some filtering and kind of processing on some of the Salesforce um, source code as well, and then. Yeah, I'm just, I guess, dumps that into a final deployable Salesforce metadata package with all the static resources and everything in place. And I could, I mean, I could easily just write a, a, a like a top-level Gulp file or an Ant mm -hmm. thing that just ran those. One thing kind of nice, I, I don't know if Ant can go asynchronous, but I could I could actually have a, a top-level Gulp file that asynchronously built both of those uh, JavaScript projects. Because Gulp is asynchronous. So you get a lot better performance doing it that way. But anyway, have you had this problem? No. No? <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, do you, when you say that, is it that you just, you didn't, you just didn't solve for it or you just haven't had two? Um, I haven't split up, the, you know, the projects like that into multiple packages or things. I pretty much. Well, that's, I guess that's another question too, though. It's like, I do, I split them up in this case. And because it seemed like to me, I mean, they they've got different, they're different. They're two different apps. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of them is an app that runs in a custom community. The other one's an internal app. They're totally different apps. Yeah. So they've got completely separate source code. It's a different. They're different. Literally different projects. And and to me, I'm like, well, to me, those should be, those should both of those should compile down to their own separate static resource files. Yeah, I would, clean, I, would, you know? I would probably end up using. Uh, <clears throat> And what I've done is basically just a folder hierarchy, and, and each one is in its own kind of folder structure, but it's within the same static resource. Okay. Yeah, you certainly could do that. There's top, two top-level mm -hmm. subdirectories. One right, is right. Uh, project one, the other is project two. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that. <clears throat> There's really no cost to having them as separate static resources, though, so I, I thought, yeah, just keep this clean, you know. Um, yeah. The, the other thing that kind of bites me is that when I'm doing stuff like that, I always end up with some kind of... <sighs> global utility class object, whatever, or set of functions that I want to want both to use and be reusable. And so keeping it all in the same package and close to each other helps with Be that. Better to do that as like a private NPM repository or something and, and actually make those packages. Uh, yeah, I guess I never thought of that. <clears throat> that, is, that just seems like... That's the right way to do it. It, it might be, but, you know, for me, a lot of times it's I'm building know, it and I'm moving on. I'm building it moving you're on. You're struggling to prevent, you know... Shit to other consultants from <laughs> trashing your org, you know, and, yeah. and so I, I get it. Anyway, um, let's talk about this beer. We, so we're drinking a beer. This is, I don't know if I talked I'm about this before. drinking any beer. Same oh, you were. <clears throat> this is a, I, I attempted to brew, a, and I'm going to, I'm going to have to maybe uh, ask for some help from the, from the subset of the Good Day Sir Army that's homebrewers. I know Scott Wells is. Uh, in that group, it may just maybe a very small group, me and Scott. But this is supposed to be a session, a really, I'm almost a table baby, but certainly a session, a hop, I'll just say a hoppy blonde. It's so it's you mm -hmm. know ninety percent pilsner malt, ten percent uh, wheat malt. Uh, only you know, like I said, low four percent gravity, 
a lot of hops, though. So two different. So it had had um, uh, six different hops in total. Um, pretty pretty good dose at the uh, whirlpool stage, and then two dry hops. But it, as, as I was telling you, it, it turned out I actually measured the pH on the final beer, which I usually don't do because I like that point. I don't care. Um, but it seemed fairly acidic. It, had, it was it's very bright, you mm-hmm. know. And I'm like, and to me, almost to the point, like if someone, if I told you that this beer had, it was like a shandy. I'd put lemonade in it or some kind of sparkling lemon juice. Like you would totally believe that, wouldn't you? Well, you yeah. already drank it, but it's <clears throat> it's definitely got this, you know, really bright citrusy lemon thing going on. And the pH came in at 3.9, which is pretty low. I mean, I'd expect the lowest this to be at like 4.1, but probably closer to between 4.3, 4.4. So came in pretty low. And, and pH is a logarithmic scale, so that's mm-hmm. that's a big difference. Anyway, I, I, I don't know. But also, I'm definitely going to have to do some things body-wise to boost the body. Because even though I got the low ABV that I wanted, it's it's a little too thin. It's it's not as bad as like some, some people call like hop tea, where it's just it's like water with hop flavor. It's not that bad, but it's... Uh, I need to, I mean, this is just, I just use two-row barley for the malt, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I think I'm going to do like maybe sub-half of that with like Golden Promise or Maris Otter, and then probably also some Carapils or maybe even like Flaked Barley or something just to add body and head retention and stuff. But, uh, the homebrewers will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm just nodding. It's funny how the, the Salesforce admins, they complain that we're too developer-heavy, but now, I mean, I've got... <laughs> Literally everyone except maybe one or two people complaining right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but we should we should switch to the second beer. I, I need to finish this also. Oh, give me a couple minutes. Um, anyway. You just don't know how to drink. Did you see this? I mean, I'm just going to keep going. I've got notes here, but just feel to feel free Jeez. to. Jeez. It, when when we hit a pause like this, feel free to go with one of your topics. But I'll say before you do that, since you missed your opportunity, uh, this Salesforce fishing thing come across. Did you see this today? No. So I guess Salesforce was the subject of a, or the target of a significant phishing attack. People getting, I've already had several of these forwarded to me saying, hey, don't open these. Oh, um, the Google Doc thing? I think it is a Google Doc thing, but they were, it's, it's like the whole Salesforce's, all their employees got targeted oh. with this. And so some, I don't know if it was a virus or what, but somehow it was causing Salesforce people to send out emails with a with a link to this Google Doc thing that's some kind of phishing thing. So, huh. so yeah, I don't know the details of it, but be on the lookout. Yeah, um, I got a follow up email from it. This is from a Salesforce, I guess, an AE. It said, if you received an email from me requesting to share a document, do not open it or allow access. This is an email phishing scam through Google Docs. So wow, that was yeah. So well, Google better get on that. I don't know if Google does or if Salesforce does. I, I don't I don't know enough about this particular vulnerability to know who who needs to do what here. Yeah. Yeah, what do you do? I mean, someone shares a document and you click on it and you go in and you're shared and your information is available, right? Well, well, I, you know, someone sends you an email that it makes it look like it's from me. And it's maybe they've got a link to one of my Google Docs and it's it's like, it's me, or maybe it's one but of I'm your, trying to think what the point is because the, I guess yeah, the I point it's is... to get you to share, get, share Google Docs. I, I, don't, I don't know, actually. I don't know. But mm. be, just be on the lookout for that. Um, so I, I, um, I, I saw the recent Dabble earnings. I wanted to check in on you and see how you're feeling because, well, uh, cause they, you weren't, know, they weren't doing too well. It's a tale of two companies, right? It's yeah. on the one hand, it's, it's, it's just, it just blows you away. And this is, this was their seasonally wide, right? It's the slowest quarter of the year, you know, and they still did like, you know, what, 58 million or 58 billion or no, it was, a. Uh, oh, it was around 50 billion. Like they missed it by like 2 million or something like you know, that. They sold, um. 
Well, you're thinking about the iPhone sale number. I was just thinking of dollar, dollar. I, was, I forget what it is now, but... Yeah, you know, I was more focused on the iPhone because of the excuse that they used they, that, oh, well, there's so much leak and speculation about our new phones that no one's buying phones right now. Yeah, so that they, I think they were expected to sell 52, 53 million iPhones. They sold like 50 million iPhones. Yeah. You know, they... They... Um, Poor Apple. I know. Only and, sold and, 50 million. Let's see. <laughs> I might have had some notes. I guess I don't. Um, I don't remember the numbers, but, you know, still, I mean, obviously ridiculously profitable. They continue to, I mean, return money to shareholders at the at the rate of billion, like billions of dollars a quarter. I think, it was, I think this most recent one was like a 10, because they keep buying their stock back. So they're mm-hmm. literally returning, you know, tens of billions of dollars at a time. This is, by the way, what companies are supposed to do, make money for the shareholders. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but no, apparently we should all be rooting for it because uh, our retirement plans are, are no, tied up uh, and all that. Apparently, the goal is, is to create a a a four hundred billion dollar ecosystem, whatever that means. I don't. Have you seen anybody off talking about this four hundred billion dollar ecosystem? Yes, yeah, like, talked about it with Kramer. If you recently, can create a four hundred billion dollar ecosystem, we can into that. surely you can make a, a you know make a little bit of a profit. I mean, this this is just getting absolutely ridiculous right. to the point that like there's zero credibility in any of this crap that's being said. Anyway, but no, with Apple, you know, even though it was amazing, you know, uh, loads of revenue, you know, their growth has plateaued, although they're, they're, they've still managed to eke out a higher, you know, net profit percentage. But, but even, though it's, it's, even though it's amazing, they're still an amazing company, it's from an investor expectations point of view, mm-hmm. it's, it's not enough. <laughs> oh, it's never enough, is right. it? <laughs> so I was hoping you'd get all fanboy on me and just paint such a rosy picture. Uh, hold on, because I got you something. Uh-oh. That's and um, over there. I, I don't, I'm not exactly sure how to present this to you, but um, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Hopefully not with a P and the A. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you use it um, in, in a certain place so that everything that comes out of you um, it smells like an this Apple is, product. This is not... It smells like an Apple product. Oh gosh. Where's this going? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, God. This is hilarious. <laughs> Okay, so this is a candle, and the scent is new Mac. Hand, <laughs> a hand-poured soy candle. Does it smell like a new Mac? My wife said that it kind of smells like the whenever you peel the plastic off. That Maybe so. When you do that, that that's the it's, kind of smell. It's also distinctly lemony, though, so I'm not sure what that is. Yeah. It does have a little bit of a... I mean, I like the smell of it. Mm. It's a clean smell. Yeah. <laughs> So that Maybe it does, it does the, have a little bit of a plastic thing. So the candle was made by Twelve South, and they they released it like last year in October. I remember when it came out, um, but I, I don't think That's they're going to produce them anymore. And so they were like, they had like their last few, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to get one just for for Jeremy. Enjoy our interpretation of the first aroma you smell when opening your new MacBook, iPhone, or iMac, hand poured in Charleston, South Carolina, Charleston. Well, thank you, John. That's so keep that up. keep yeah. that in the bathroom. Every, that way, every time you use it, you can feel like you just. You just uh, produced an Apple product. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me grab this other beer. You can talk about something. Uh, I can talk about the Echo Bee. We talked oh, about yeah, that yeah. a little bit. Did you, what, did I tell you my, um, my story about my thermostat? I don't remember your story. I, I remember your story that you, one of them broke and you found someone to get you one. But anyways, the, the news on the, the Echo oh. Bee is that the next version, the new version that just came out uh, has access to, I'm going to do this as best I can, Echo. I can use the lady in the cylinder. Well, you can't, you can't say Echo because some people have their thing named Echo. 
No, they don't. Yes, they do. That's an option. It's, you can either call it the A or the E. So you can call it Echo or yes. A. Oh, yeah. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, you can switch its name. <laughs> well, it has it has uh, Amazon's uh, voice assistant built into it. So if you don't have one of those and or you want to talk to your thermostat, you can do that. All right. So my story was that a few days ago, so we have the, I don't know, their Honeywell touchscreen thermostats. They're nothing, you know, they're not like, they're not on the... Oh, so you don't have... They're a, not on the Thundercloud. You don't have right? an Echo B? No, I don't. Oh, I thought you did. No, no, no. Oh, so I know I, who... It's Jay who has one. I just have two... I have two Honeywell thermostats. Like I said, they're not They're not fancy. They're not on the internet. They're not on... They don't run on the Thundercloud. And... Uh, but they're, they are touchscreen. They've got... You know, you can program them, whatever that means. You know, schedule, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and one of the... The downstairs one, it... The... Like 90% of the touchscreen stopped responding. I could change the temperature mm-hmm. of the thermostat, but it was on a schedule. So it's still like at three times of day of the day, it reverts back to its schedule, which is a which is a schedule that I don't want it to be on. So three times a day I have to go back to the thermostat and keep putting it back to the temperature I want. And also the other day when it got really cold, like it was and I got 40 something degrees overnight. <clears throat> And in the morning, it was really cold in the house, but I couldn't switch it over to heat because <laughs> that part of the screen doesn't work. <laughs> but, you know, I jumped on my neighborhood's Facebook group and I just, because a lot of us have that same thermostat, I said, hey, and, and the, the face just pop, pops off. Mm. And I said, I asked, I said, hey, does, you know, has anyone upgraded the thermostat? You still, you have one of these laying around that I can borrow because I didn't want to buy an Echo B yet because I knew there was a rumor that this four was coming out. Yeah. And if and they ha- were hyping it, they were they were hyping it like this new home automation thing, and I'm, I'm yeah. a little disappointed. So, but I didn't. But anyway, so I didn't know what it was, but I knew there was a new Echo B. This is like okay, this is the worst time to buy an Echo B, right? One's about to come out, right. the new one. So I didn't want to buy a new thermostat. So I just asked my neighborhood, and like three people are like, "Oh yeah, I've got you can have mine, right?" So anyway, went and popped it in, and works works great. But and so this new Echo B is that, which is kind of disappointing. Yeah. So the 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 previous Echo B, the one that you have, the three, they added. Basically, they added Amazon, you know, Echo integration to it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I don't know, a year ago or something like that. About a year ago. Yeah. So if you have an Echo, you can use it to control your thermostat. Right. So this is this is that direction, but the four now has that built into it. Uh, it has yeah. So the Echo B four is is, is an Echo. Yeah, it is an Echo. Yeah. yeah. Or, which I don't want because my thermostat is about six feet from where my Echo is, so I don't need. <laughs> I don't need, you know... Mine's not too far they're gonna away get, either. They're going to get in a fight. You put two women like that that close together? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hopefully because your current one is a touchscreen, you'll have the right wiring. Like me, when I, I installed yeah. mine... I have that C-wire, whatever it is. Yeah, I had to go up and rewire my board and map everything to the adapter and then so that I could use it. Did you have to fish a new wire through or did you did you have enough wire where the where there just a, was there a dead wire that you were able to like Yeah, there's use? some kind of dead wire that just that you can just map it to okay. or something or or it does something it allows it to come through somewhere yeah. else. No, I have I think I have that C wire. But yeah, so at least now I know that I since I don't need an an echo in my thermostat, I can get that the Echo B3 which yeah. I saw it on sale for 150 the other day. So, which oh, is yeah. so, 100, we'll get 100 a good deal then. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so while we're on this tangent, uh, let's talk about uh, cable cutting because Hulu TV got announced today. Do you see that? No, I didn't. So they're offering a full streaming TV package. 
of local channels and everything. Oh, so this including is like, sports. This is like what's the other one? Direct uh, the Direct TV yeah. Go? No, what is it called? Now? Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. And that is oh, you know, there's also Sling, right? So they're not mm-hmm. the first one. But that Direct TV one is uh pretty good. In fact, I mean, I was I think like the the entry level package which is I think $30 a month mm-hmm. has got pretty much everything I want. Yeah, this is $30 $30 a month. Um all the local channels I or or, or the, the basic channels that you really want, I guess. You have to go and look and see if it has everything you want. But it's supposed to include sports channels as well. Yeah. Which is a concern of mine because when I was looking at these, no one included sports. They they wanted to sell you another package for sports. And this one doesn't seem well, to be doing the that. The sports package, sports channels are, exp- I mean, ESPN is the most expensive channel on, on cable. Uh, it's probably, of your cable bill, probably, probably represents at least $5 of your cable bill, cable mm-hmm. bill ESPN does. <clears throat> But you know, even the ones that come with sports, okay, they they come with some. Right? They might come with ESPN, maybe ESPN two, mm-hmm. and maybe Fox Sports, right? But there are tons of other sports yeah. channels. There's a lot of the BN soccer channels and, and the college networks. There's yeah, there's all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff that you're still going to have to pony up for if it's yeah. even available on that. Yeah, and that, that that's going to be the question because um, we do like to watch the SEC. Um, interesting though, it has some kind of cloud DVR service. Which you have to pay like fifteen bucks extra for, which I, I'm not sure that's needed because Hulu usually has the shows that you want to watch streamable, so you can oh, have the TV so, service. They're missing so much though. All those that's what that's what irritates me about all of them, whether it's Hulu or uh, what's the one I have, um, Netflix. Mm-hmm. You know they'll have uh, season one and three, but not two. What? How does that even make sense? <laughs> That's true. Or you know, the other thing you have to check up on is because I think they announced this at, what once a month or once a quarter is that well they might have they might have season one and season three right now, but uh, in a month they're going to lose season one. It's going to go away because of yeah. some weird contract thing. They just they have to keep bouncing stuff in and out because they don't want to they can't afford to pay these content providers for to have all that content online or at least what the content providers are asking for for it. Yeah. <clears throat> And it, I think there's a website. It's kind of almost like the, it's like the can I use of TV. It's like, yeah, I want to watch it. this show. I can't remember what it's called. Do you know yeah, what it's I called? don't remember what it's called either. And it'll yeah. tell you what service currently has that. And it's, but So now, okay, here's the deal. This is what most, I think, uh, would-be cable cutters, cord cutters have discovered is that <laughs> you, you, you're not going to save any. If you want to keep all the stuff you want to watch, you're not going to save any money. You might even end up spending more money. Mm-hmm. And you're having to deal with it chewing up all your internet bandwidth instead of, you know, satellite waves or whatever. I don't know. It's, we're, we're in, it's, a, I mean, there's progress being made, but it's, it's kind of like lightning. It's, you know, it's progress being made, but it's still very uncomfortable. It's not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to me, I, I see it as, um, as a good thing because, I mean, you have Netflix, you have Hulu, you have Sling, you have uh, DirecTV, which is creating this, this market, this demand for this kind of service. Um, and hopefully these companies will be able to overpower the, the cable companies themselves and try to get some of these deals well, some of them are run by the cable companies. I mean, look, who, who is Hulu owned by? No, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Well, maybe you have to look well, at this kind of either stuff. Either way, maybe maybe at least it'll it'll drive that company to change and evolve into providing a different type of service than they were before. Hulu, not not so locked into their 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 kind of monopolized uh, cable system. Because, I mean, in some areas, you're locked into a provider. You don't get a choice. Right. Yeah, no, I can choose from, yeah, two crappy services, or I can do, uh, I, I, but I choose a satellite because it's actually a better service with better equipment. Mm-hmm. So Hulu is owned, and this is this is very important stuff. 
by Walt Disney, ABC, right? Uh, 20th Century Fox and Comcast, NBC, Universal. So they're, they're literally owned by the, the, the <laughs> most of the content. They own most of the content. Oh, good. Maybe that means most of it will and be ABC, on and stay on. And ABC owns ESPN. So I mean, they're controlling all this crap. It's all this weird shell game where they're pretending like they're trying to get you a better deal or whatever. But those evil content providers are they, they want to charge us too much. Well, you're own, they you're owned by the content providers. This is all a bunch of crap. A lot, yeah. A lot of it is kind of the interplay stuff. Like like the, the Hulu thing will be available on on most things. Um, but it won't be available on the PS4 because Sony has their own TV service that they they want to drive. The PS View, I think it's so called. So I discovered this on when you, as soon as you got me into this world of um, like the Fire TV and Chromecast and all these mm-hmm. things. <clears throat> you know, they all, for example, um, you know, on the, the, the Fire TV, Amazon's Fire TV, like they exclude some other real competitive services. Um and if and if you like if you look at all the things you want, mm-hmm. like there's no there's no box that gets you all of them because they all have these little conflicts of interest. Yeah, and it's just like yeah, okay, that, well, this is super annoying. So what I have to have, I have to have Directv. I've got to have a couple of subscriptions to different TV services. I've got to have a Fire TV. I also have to have a Chromecast, and I have to have an Apple TV because I want to be able to do my iTunes and my Apple Music. Yeah. Because guess what, my Roku doesn't do Apple Music. Really. It it will play Apple Music that you have bought that's in your oh, library. Yeah. But I subscribe to the Apple Music service. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Amazon. It'll yeah, play, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking of Amazon. They don't do any Apple stuff. No. Um, it, it'll play Amazon, the Amazon, what's in your Amazon library, stuff that you bought from Amazon. But it won't, but I also subscribe to the the Amazon subscription music service where I basically can have, I can play anything, basically any music that's ever been made, you know, that's in their catalog. But I can't play that on, the only thing you can play that on is uh, Amazon's Fire TV thing. Or your Echo. Does it do Amazon? Mm-hmm. Well, how, how do I, why do I, what kind of speakers does my Echo have? Well, if you have the tower, it has speakers built into it. If you have just the dot, then you don't. I have the, I have the Echo. It's, it's okay. The tower, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, I don't know. It, it's just, it's, everything still is kind of a mess. It's got Bluetooth. I think you can connect to other speakers. You can, yeah. You can connect to your speakers. I do that sometimes. It's a well, pain, though. I use the 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 Echo as a speaker itself. Yeah, you can, yeah. It'll, it'll it goes both ways. Yeah. <laughs> you got any titles yet, John? Uh, just just the one. No, that one doesn't count. <laughs> All right. Um, so Oracle's doing a big reorg, like huge. Uh, mainly in their sales department, but also like, I think like sales engineering, which I guess is sales. Yeah, they got to move everyone to the cloud. So each, yeah, exactly. Each Oracle customer is getting a single account manager instead of multiple managers for each product they have. Oh, so it's the Docker of salespeople. I guess the so. Docker yeah. lightweight container yeah, they're, for sales. They're Dockerizing. Yeah, the Dockerizing it. There you go. Um, and then they have these things called pillar sales engineers. So it's basically like there's you can you'll, you'd have a sales engineer for database. Sales engineer for like enterprise apps, sales engineer for business intelligence. That seems like something they would already have set up. No, though. that's what they do have right okay. now. Okay. But I think that um, those are all being chopped and replaced by, mm-hmm. okay, this is a quote, replaced by a breed of Oracle employee currently in short supply enterprise cloud architects. Uh, yep, I know. Because you know, just that term alone is BS. 
What yeah, and it puts a lot of pressure on the person in that role too. I mean, even even now, I'm kind of the architect of Salesforce stuff, and I feel this pressure when I'm getting a call that I'm supposed to know about everything, anything and everything related to Salesforce. And I'm like, dude, there's too much. Oh I, yeah, no, I, don't. I, I wish I could come and say, yep, we can do that, or yep, that's what it does, or yes, this this does this. But some, or have them call one of these guys that have you know ten or fifteen Salesforce certifications. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, particularly, like, particularly, hey, have them call one of these guys that got like ten in ten days. Yeah. I, I mean, if that how, hey, much, how much of that do you retain? Well, exactly. And if, if that doesn't tell you right there what the value of those certifications is, are in terms of what they <laughs> what they tell you about someone's capabilities, then I don't know what does. Because well, it, it, that, that's. I think it's subjective. I mean, it depends on the person. I mean, some people are might might be super smart and be able to retain all that information and, you know, take the test and clear them all in one day and, and be awesome. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm, I don't work that way. I need repetition. Yeah. You know, I need to keep it, keep it in my mind. Otherwise, it kind of goes out the back door. Yep. Um, hmm. And apparently they're going to, they're planning to cut up to two thirds of their current sales force. So, big reorg. I'm surprised they haven't started that. Those guys should all get Salesforce certified since apparently Salesforce is uh, one of the two, you know, it occupies two of the top, uh, two of the spots in the top 10 best paying jobs, according to uh, Mark Benioff and his fuzzy math. Maybe it does. Um, Well, I consulted the canonical kind of top paying list and they were nowhere to be found. Mm. Hell, even just take the top 10 paid types of physicians and they blow every, you know any of these IT jobs out of the water. Well, maybe he's just referring to IT in general. To only the IT industry. Well, if you want to get to this, um, first of all, he can he's referring to whatever he wants to refer to, which is, in this case, pretty much a pile of bull... Bit, bit. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can... Well, you, know, to, you, can, you can use these... You can... What is this thing about liars, statistics and liars and damn lies, right? All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this was, I think it was, um, it was one of these, it was like an Indeed or maybe one of these job boards. And I, he, he tweeted this link. I like looked at the link and it was like, it was one of these crappy sites where you, every time you want to see like the next, the next high paying job, you have to click next, which loads a whole new thing of bullshit ads. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop this. Um, <laughs> he linked to one of these. I'm like, really? This is like, first of all, it, that's, it's not even, not even close to right. I mean, there are plenty of positions that pay up into like three and four hundred thousand dollars and he's you know i'm sorry but the average salesforce admin job is probably like seven or eighty grand it's you know they're not even in the universe of top paying jobs but anyway he can you know i'm like you know who makes it who, who calculates these numbers it's probably the same company that uh, calculated that salesforce had completed their 30-year eco plan in in two years <laughs> i just don't think you're doing the math it's, right jeremy it's it's a <clears throat> benioff's go-to uh, you know or company it's probably gartner I don't it's think like, you're it's doing like, the hey, math. you know, Gartner, listen, we're paying you millions of dollars a year. Can't, you know, we, we need something new. How about uh, how about saying we're the, you know, <laughs> the top paying job? <laughs> Make up a new top 10 list and put us, give us at least a couple of spots in it. Uh, see, I, I, I just don't think you're factoring in all, all the variables into what constitutes someone's uh, compensation. I yeah, mean, the, people the, people the, think about what they get get paid oh, in a paycheck, John, you but then right. you have... I was, I was forgetting the Ohana, John. You're forgetting the Ohana. <laughs> you're, you're, you're forgetting the the $5,000 bonus people get when they get to travel to San Francisco for a week. The $1,000 Dreamforce fee, the, the $1,000 hotel bills, the food bills. 
that's well, I'm not forgetting those right because there. I have to pay those out of my own pocket. Yeah. I mean, Dreamforce for me is a ten thousand dollar event. Is what it cost me. What are you drinking? Nothing. Gold, gold laced. I'm number one. I'm not getting paid. I'm. It's an unpaid, crappy. Yeah, va- you got to take the week an, off. It's an unpaid, really crappy vacation. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> it's really hard to get any work done while you're there. Yeah. I'm. I'm buying and throwing away a new Apple Watch every day in the in the form of a hotel room. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, you know. I'm. Whatever. We all know. <laughs> we all know what Dreamforce costs if you, if you've gone there on your own dime. Uh, okay. Well, what else, John? Let's see. We have the, well, we have the, the we have Kramer this, thing. Yeah, the Kramer. You want to do that? Um, yeah, because because then I'd like to get into the questions we have from the community. So, questions from the community. Questions from the Good Day Sir Army. Let me back this up so we can we can hear the the CNBC ad that Kramer ran for. <laughs> they created, published, and ran for Salesforce. Here, here. I, I think I think they I think they I think they got an apprentice to to make uh, yeah this. right. Because that's an excuse for paying someone less than what they should be making. It's an apprenticeship. Right? Yeah. In- internship. Apprentice sounds better than internship. It does. <laughs> All right. Um, Just like an executive and, assistant and sounds course, better than secretary. This, this is a podcast, so you can't see the visuals in here, but they literally made like a 15-second ad for Salesforce, but you'll be able to hear it. They delivered a platform. Companies didn't yet know. They couldn't live without. When they, they hired the, the cloud evolves to AI the voice guy. and machine All they needed learning. Is a Can Salesforce stay at the vanguard you know that <laughs> of the <laughs> data revolution Hi, they Sarah. helped create? I mean, listen to this. Listen to the copy. They're staying at the vanguard of the data revolution. That really did Salesforce all loop data, clips. Re- data like, revolution. I recognize a lot of those clips in that audio. It's it's all loop clips. Yeah, that's yeah, cheap. If you're go- it was definitely an in-house job. I'm going yeah. to come out to San Francisco to talk about the impact of technology. This part. You need to start with the person who founded a company that. Let me. Let me this is actually. Let me just skip this. That's it's boring, but he's he, he's he's you definitely script. He's no, huh? no, he's he's on it? script. Oh though. yeah, yeah, oh, sure. Um, these things are all scripted. Beyond Salesforce and Silicon Valley. So I say, Mark, welcome back to Mad Money and our best in America. Well, Jim, Mark, welcome to San Francisco. Thank you. We love having See, you here. Hold on, hold on. Since. That got me when he said it, but I don't know if that's because of my mindset and what I, how I think Benioff views himself, and and why that comment made made me think. Because I mean, you know, someone comes to Texas and they're from out of town, and we go, "Oh, welcome to Texas." You know, we're we're happy to have you. But when Benioff said, "Welcome to San Francisco," to me, it sounded like, "Welcome to my town." Yeah. yeah. Welcome to to my my city. What is the what is the king supposed to say when he (laughs) receives a guest? <laughs> but if I had said it here, I would have John, thought he, nothing he, of it. He's but got the tallest. He it, he's got the tallest tower know, in the place. But uh, see, that's where my bias came in a little bit because I was like, you know, if I had said that, I would have said, "Welcome to Texas. Enjoy Texas. We love. We love you. you. Texas you, is awesome. You don't represent Texas." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm. but uh, but when he said it, I, I it, my brain took a, a different turn. It wasn't so innocent to me. I mean, Benioff owns the hospitals. He owns the politicians. You know, he fills up about seven different office buildings. Half the employees in San Francisco probably work for Salesforce. I mean, I don't know. Kind of welcome to my town. You know, yeah. I pretty much own the place. <laughs> I saw you last. You met with the president. I'd like to know what your I message did. was, and I'd like to know what the message he gave you was. I find it interesting well, that they always say the president. They never say President Trump or or Trump uh, no, or that, people, that's not true. Everyone says something different. I guess that's why you know when people. I mean, I remember when um, 
in the previous administration, when you know if someone would say you know oh, you know something about Obama, people would be like, "He's President Obama." I'm like I'm not disrespecting. I mean, I I called Bush Bush. I mean, I get it. We know he's president. I'm not. It's not like I'm calling him a Barry or Georgie or something. You're like, come on, <laughs> Lord. Well, you know, of, of course, I have the opportunity to go visit the White House, and I'm very interested in workforce development. I I really. Th- there, there are some real memes that we're going to be seeing over and over and over. First of all, I called this thing months ago, before he went to the White House, about how he was going to what does do what he's a master of, which is getting out in front of an issue and insulating himself against it. And this current issue with AI, it's, it's back to the augment. We're augmenting. Oh, no, wait a minute. And they can't figure out whether they're aug- augmenting jobs or replacing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the augmenting thing's not going to last because this is absolutely replacing jobs. I mean, good jobs. Like, well, a year ago, they were like, hire data scientists, hire data scientists for Wave. And now they're like, oh, you don't need them. Yeah. Well, Einstein, dude, Einstein will do your analytics for you. It'll, do, it'll be your data scientist. Peter Coffey has told us to go, we need to get other jobs because this whole programming gig is going to be up pretty soon. I think I'm going to be a blacksmith. I think that's what I'm going to do. I don't know. I'm going to like, yeah, make stuff, right? A carpenter making guitars or a blacksmith making hammers. Yeah. No, Smashing guitars. I think China can make them about a thousand times cheaper than you can. No, it's the work. It's the craftsmanship. Anyway, you're going to be hearing these memes. Uh, the you know the the what do you call it? The um, spinning off term, not the, the Apprentice. The Apprentice. You know, oh, moon, it's a moonshot. This I'm hearing this. Oh, moonshot, oh god, yeah. the moonshot thing. I wonder if is, is is that a Trump word that he picked up? No, moonshot? this is Benioff. And no, this is a trademark Benioff term he created. He's not going to. No, not gonna I, use I someone heard, else's term. He's created his moonshot. own. Some from somewhere else. I no. thought he picked it up from somebody. It is a very uh, Trumpian term. And I think that's yeah. why he picked it because he's like, what kind of language can I use to really like develop a rapport with Trump? And I, I think he did a that, great that job. Did, that makes him smart. It does make him smart. Right. I've been saying every, his whole Trump strategy this whole time has been smart. Well, we that's have why to be ready three billion, to develop billion, a new workforce billion, in our country, get ready to build millions of new jobs. And so I brought him an idea, which was a five million apprenticeship Moonshot. The idea is that companies like ours and companies all over the country can bring in apprentices and use them to retrain this incredible new workforce that we so badly need in our country. And and he got excited about that. He actually said, "Let's let's do this five million." Well, and he did say that. I think we actually played that clip. Yeah, Trump responded very positively. But I mean, actually, what happened with that? Is that going anywhere? Is there? Yeah, yeah. On the camera, they said, "Oh yeah, we'll do this." But did anything happen? I'm confused by his words. I don't know what he means. Because he says, well, we'll bring in the workforce to apprentice to fill the jobs that we need. Is he saying that there's talent that we don't have here that he wants to bring in people here to apprentice our, the U.S. One, he, people? Or is I don't he know. talking and, the, and he's not the being clear. Like, I mean, we have all these millennials who have had a hard time getting work. Or there's, there's, people, there's kids graduating college every day. What What's wrong with this flow of... Um, of of talent of 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 capability of 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 human resources, you know. Well, I, th- I think I think we we did lose the sense of of apprenticeship. We did lose the sense of, of starting from the bottom and learning from. But I disagree. But and, now we may not call them apprentices, but you know what they're called in our business? They're called junior developers. Well, that's true. But but I think I think what happened is we transitioned from apprenticeship, meaning earn earn your your stripes, to. Go to college and then and then you're guaranteed seventy thousand dollars a year or a hundred thousand dollars a year mentality. So I, I think we lost the concept of apprenticeship somewhere, where we kind of created this well, elitist. Some, a lot of I'm, industries I'm, still have it, right? So like, yeah. like look at plumbers, and at least in the United States, you have an apprentice, journeyman, you know, master, and and 
in most states, at least here in Texas, I mean, that, that's actually a legally, you have to, you can't, you can't run your own, you can't do plumbing unless you are a master plumber or you are working under a master plumber as a journeyman, right? And maybe, maybe when, you know, uh, Benioff's talking about uh, apprenticeships, maybe he's talking about this concept, at least in, in our world, of like a junior developer, like, don't think just about developers specifically, but in general, um, whether it's, I don't know what he's talking about. He's, well, I, he's not. He's not. Talk, he hasn't talked about. Are we talking about like people who do accounting, or is this is this just uh, like IT type stuff? I mean, th- there's th- that's the thing with all of this Benioff stuff. There are zero details. Well, he said, tech. and he will pay some company to run a report <clears throat> to g- generate a PDF white paper report to talk about how Salesforce did, you know, and, and what what was going to take ten years only took six months, and they you know <laughs> created five million apprenticeships. And well, he did. He did say tech. And, you did say tech. and you know, I I think it's smart because and, and John, well, name me name me a company that is not in tech now. Well, that is not having to build their own. Has not, <laughs> well, it's like who who was it that said that every company is a software company? Who said that? Because that's so true. Every company is it, it a software Benioff. company. I'm sure it was a technology it, it company. Like um. Anyway, I'll look that up. But. Well, I think it's smart because I, I think he wins either way. He, he he wins by by putting this message out, but also there's the whole H-1B issue as well, where, where a lot of these larger companies are starting to hire more U.S. employees. And so this kind of feeds into that. So you, you get to wave a flag of success. Yeah, we, we did. We did this. We created this apprenticeship program. And we brought more people into the to the tech industry through this apprenticeship. Yeah, and I can't find that. But anyway. All right. I, I was uh, on The Apprentice, and I know that's something he cares passionately about, but Chancellor Merkel... Ah, that's the other thing! You're fired. It's a, a Trump show. <laughs> I didn't even think. I didn't make that connection. He didn't? No! <laughs> but no, it's too... It's Okay, obviously, Apprentice, that's a Trump thing. But again, this moonshot, that's a totally a word that Trump would use. I, I have a feeling it was something Trump I mean, this, said, this and is, Benioff picked up on it and did. started using yeah. it. No, you're probably right. Benioff made it official. Trump yeah. said in passing. Yeah was there too. Uh, is that something that they do better than we do? Oh, they do it far better. In fact, one of the reasons Germany and also Switzerland have such low unemployment rates is very sophisticated and mature. No, it's because well, let's finish his answer. apprenticeship programs. Even there, No, it's because it's illegal to fire people in those countries for the most part. <laughs> is it? Yeah. I don't know nothing about that. But yeah, it's it's that. extremely strict. It's actually kind of, you know, not very business friendly. Ability to bring in refugees and also, you know, Japan has this problem of people lose a job, they're likely to commit suicide. Huge suicide rate in Japan. I have, I have heard that, yeah. <clears throat> and integrate them into society is done through apprenticeship programs. And also, do we really want to copy, you know, Japan's, uh, ec- uh, you know, economic progress over the past 20 years, if anyone follows that? Germany's, I, you know, I don't, I'm not, it's probably got to be better than Japan's, but still. Well, how does Japan come into this? He mentioned, didn't he say Germany and Japan? Oh, maybe. Am I making that up? I, I thought he said Germany. I, I heard Japan. Germany. Yeah. I, I might have missed Japan. We do that ourselves in Germany. So you can see that uh, companies can have a tremendous role in developing the workforce. Now, I think he, miss, you, he misspoke because he said, we do that ourselves in Germany. And I'm not, I'm not sure what he... I think he just he, kind of fumbled in words. He, he took his eyes off the script and just, <laughs> thought, he, he thought he could handle ad-libbing it for a minute and he screwed it up. <laughs> gigantic gross domestic product growth in order to get to that 5 million number? Well, we're working on that kind of GDP growth ourselves. That's okay. what we call our Salesforce economy. We see, you know, we're trying to create millions. Now he's got this... Just, I mean, I don't know how to describe it other than just... It's, it's amazing 
He has got some amazing math here, John. ...of new jobs because so many of those new jobs, in fact, uh, two out of the top 10 jobs in the United States that are the best paying jobs are Salesforce, Salesforce administrators and Salesforce developers. And so we're trying to create a $400 billion Salesforce GDP. And the $400 billion. billion Salesforce GDP, whatever that means. How about we get a four hundred billion dollars Salesforce revenue, uh, or how about Salesforce just make a little <laughs> bit of make a little bit of profit? Power of that, Jim, is very simple. Which is, I mean, that, that's that's what's really ridiculous about this. I mean, if, <clears throat> uh, let's say let's 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 just take it that this four hundred billion dollar number is actually a legitimate number. So we're saying that for, Salesforce has generated four hundred billion in you know Salesforce GDP. Yet they are still struggling to even prove that they have a business model. Well, this, just, I, I, this, this just makes zero sense. Yeah, but I don't, I don't really fault it in that way because I mean, if it, 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 all arguments aside, if, if there is a a ecosystem that's worth four hundred billion, then obviously that ecosystem is dependent on Salesforce and its product, which means the the money is funneling into that. So a percentage of that four hundred billion is Salesforce Force's uh, revenue. I, I agree. I'm just saying you can you can stimulate the economy by the tune of a half a trillion dollars almost, and still not figure out how to make money. And that, that's, the, that's the part that's just like, okay. And I just, you no, know, I, I think it's more I, so that, I that to, if you stimulate the economy that much, your profits, your revenue will grow to the point where, because, because it, should, it should go in tandem, They right? can get revenue, but they've gotten revenue by eating their tail every, every quarter. Yeah, but if everyone builds something on Salesforce and is dependent on Salesforce, then that drives revenue. That's guaranteed revenue there. You're, you're basically turning Salesforce into crack. Well, yeah. Well, it is the Roach Motel of Enterprise Computing. I didn't say Roach, I said <clears> crack. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. It's it's the uh, it's the drug dealer model of enterprise computing. You but is it, I mean, isn't get, that you what get you want? You get them hooked, yeah. and, and you, they're right. they're dependent on it, and they want to keep coming back for more. Yeah, you target the CIOs or the C, the CMOs and the VPs of sales. You, you sign them to three year contracts. I mean, isn't that what we all want? And then, you, got, can, they, and then you hire your own shadow IT department to <laughs> to uh, uh, what do they call the um, what is uh, Scott Hansen? One? He's got a word for these uh, IT guys. Anyway. Um, you know, you get them to do all your customization, right? And and you know, next thing you know, you've got you know thirty thousand lines of Salesforce code that can't be ported anywhere. And yeah, so you're you're, you're there. Yeah, you're, 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 we got to roll crack tr crack trucks now. There's millions of new jobs. Well, I thought it was very millions of new jobs. I read a piece about a fellow Zach Otero. Well, what did, let's see, what did he actually say? Uh, two out of the top 10 jobs in the okay. United States that are the best paying jobs are Salesforce, Salesforce administrators and Salesforce. You know, they, they, I don't know about the admin, but maybe the developer side, but I don't know about the admin side. I mean, they, they pay okay. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, it's, it's a good, you know, middle income living, but I don't know what he's talking about. They're not even close to the highest paid jobs. Well, yeah. And I'll, I'll say this much. I, I it, it, it's, 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 I think when he talks about, you know, the high paying jobs, it's in consulting, which always ends up being the higher paid jobs. If you work for a company, you're usually within the, the lower ends of things. You're, you're, if you're an admin, even if you're a developer, when I was working for a natural company, even if I was to switch jobs right now, working for a natural company, I wouldn't get paid as much as I, as I get now as a con, as yeah. a consultant. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. I know what my lawyer gets paid. My lawyers, I have multiple now. I know what my um, I know what my doctors get paid. That's published. I got a buddy who's a um, uh, does fuses spines and stuff, and I I know what those guys get paid. It's, it's north of four hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> you know, I know what these Who people does? get paid. Uh, I'll tell you later. Your plumber? 
No, or, a, a, is a physician is a uh, oh. orthopedic uh, pediatric pedi- pediatric orthopedist. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, who knows what he was referring to? But I mean, it's 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 a it's a good business. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's not. I mean, I was. I mean, if it wasn't, I wouldn't be working in this ecosystem. Yeah. I mean, there's it's a gr- it's growing. So there's you know there's all these consultants that are. Used to, you know, screw people doing Siebel implementations and all these other things that are now that have now jumped into the Salesforce business and, um, you know, all all the <laughs> why did it have to all, have such a negative? All the, all these, you know, why for- couldn't it be all the people who helped people implement Siebel have now moved to Salesforce? <laughs> it had to be this negative screwed yeah, people because they did. <laughs> Talk to anyone who was in the Siebel business and they'll tell you. Um, and if, and well, and actually, I mean, that you know, the Salesforce story is so much better than the Siebel story because the Siebel story was, oh yeah, we can do all this customization. You could customize it. But you customize it against that version's code code base, mm. and then if you want if you wanted to upgrade to the next version of Siebel, well, we had to port your customizations to the new version, and you know that's ten times more expensive. So yeah, you had to give Salesforce props for that. You know they they improved on that model. Yeah, developers, and so we're trying to create a four hundred billion dollar Salesforce GDP. And the power of that, Jim, is very simple, which is millions of new jobs. Well, I thought it was very interesting. I read a piece about a fellow, Zach Otero. Uh, and fellow. this kind of defines... That's an exciting, that's an amazing yeah, well, story. Yeah, I want you to tell it because there, for, for every one person who understands what you're about to tell me, there's five who say technology just wipes out jobs. So I just I wish it would just move back and not be so progressive. He's really... Okay, okay this is... I know everyone... <laughs> I mean... I know we get a little crack potty sometimes, but everyone knows these are these are scripted interviews, right? This is put together by the PR teams. This is all planned. And it's no surprise that every interview Benioff does now, every time he gets a chance to talk, he's talking about all these things he's doing to create jobs, to retrain people. Mm-hmm. Well, there, what? why? There's a shortage of Salesforce talent right now. Why would he be talking about that? Retraining other people to get in the Salesforce? Because they are going to be one of the foremost companies in a technology that destroys jobs. And it's, it's in the future, but he's getting out far in front of it. And he's instead of being like, you know, the the evil guy who killed everyone's jobs, he's going to be the hero that retrained everybody. But yeah. I'm that's what I want to ask John. This is an ask John right here. John, what do you want to be retrained as? Because your job's going away. Your skills right now, they are going to fall off a cliff. Oh, Useless. Wow. They're going to be worth $2 an hour. But my choice is Salesforce is going to retrain me? They, yeah, they're going to retrain you. But what do you, what, do you, what do you want to be retrained as? What do you want to be in your next career life? I guess I'll be a process builder programmer. <laughs> <laughs> you make me, you're going to make me spit my who farted. <laughs> By the way, what if we, didn't, we didn't announce this beer. This is um, Rollerblade by Hoof Hearted. And say that. <clears throat> you have to enunciate it. Hoof Hearted. Hoof <laughs> <laughs> They're out of Ohio? No, Pennsylvania. Hang on, Ohio. Yeah, I got to read this. It's 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 called Roller Blabe, which is a combination of like blade and babe. I guess it's a roller roller blade babe. I guess I can't even say that roller blade babe. Did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, it's a funny picture. Okay, slurp up the neon. One sniff and you'll be painted in animal print spandex and sporting a side ponytail. And that's just the guys. Ready yourself for the taste of your fanny pack getting sucked into the tape deck. Bodaciously dry hopped with the dank and fruity combo of Mosaic Simcoe and hops from New Zealand and Australia. This is 8%, John. This is a big one. This makes up for that table beer we just had earlier. 
<laughs> I hated the eighties. <laughs> I hated oh so much about the eighties. I so hated so better, so better. Did not like it. All right. Well, this is a, this is something that I'm really fixated on. It's taken us about thirty minutes to get through two minutes of this interview. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's three people left listening at this point. Which is we built this incredible new service called Trailhead. You can see it at Trailhead.com. And John, ask John. Then we're never going to get through this. What is Trail? <laughs> what kind of technology is Trailhead built on? It's built on is it Visual Force. Technology. Is it Visual Force? Is it Lightning? Yes. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I didn't think it was. It's all the things. <laughs> I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was built on something else. Well, Salesforce built it, but it reaches into your environment to make sure that no, you did things. I'm, I know. I'm just saying. What? What is it? What technology is is Trailhead itself? Uh, HTML, Java, CSS. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think. <laughs> my, my understanding is it's not Lightning. It's not uh, Lightning out. And it's not Visual Force. It's not built on the Salesforce platform. It's not built on the scalable meta, metadata intelligent customer success platform, John. You just don't worry about that, Jeremy. Got it's it. provided by Salesforce. <laughs> it's point and clicky. Just just shut up, sit down, and do your trailhead. And I'm sure this is a complete coincidence, but have you ever noticed, uh, if you compare trailhead to the idea exchange or the success community or the Salesforce help system or any of these things, mm-hmm. that trailhead performs better than all of those. Uh, I'm sure that's just coincidence, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing to do with the fact that it doesn't have visual force underpinning it. No, I think all of them have, have improved in recent years because they've actually gotten the help system. You can, well, not, dude, uh, you click on a link and help, and it it you get bounced to about fifteen different OAuth things and redirects. It's like put yeah. on look at turn go into uh, developer mode but, on Chrome but sales, and put and turn on preserve log, and you'll see you. I mean, you click on one thing and it, it you get bounced eighty two different places before you end up on the content you want if it's still there and that link still works. No, agreed. But the, the help system really isn't helpful. I think. And Salesforce has always been, that's, been that's supported. That's such a strong defense, John. It, it's your... <laughs> always been supported by the community, which is why why all this community stuff is really important to Salesforce because that 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 is where most of the good support comes from is from the community, from people like from us who talk about things and and provide uh, as suggestions. Okay, all right. Or you're interested code. in a new job. You want to build new skills. You want to have one of the. Yeah, you need a new job, John. Get a new job. Oh, I guess I'll go to you, Trailhead. Just a loser Salesforce. Yeah, I'm going to go to Trailhead. Uh, paying jobs in the country. You go to Trailhead. You get trained on Salesforce. We build a one-on-one relationship with you. Did you know you have a one-on-one relationship with Salesforce? Do you not? Do you not feel the warmth of that relationship every time you uh, log in and see that? What's the Trailhead mascot called? Uh, it's the. Well, is it the bear? I don't know. I think the bear is the trailhead mascot. I don't know. Does the bear have a name? I don't know if the bear has a name. I think it's I think it's this person. Don't get your badges. <laughs> yeah, so, so I think it's the bear. I think the bear is the trailhead mascot. Okay. <laughs> we make sure you have those skills. We certify you, badge you, and introduce you to those. They badge you. They badge. Pretty soon they're gonna brand you. Badges. I don't need no stinking badges. <laughs> Employers that are using Salesforce. That's very exciting. Is that scalable? And did you tell the president about that? I know that the president, uh, uh, Gary Cohn, I know for a long time, he's deeply concerned. Did, did you that, tell that, the president about your trailhead? Did you, yeah. get the, did you get him to log in and do trailhead? Yeah. Did, did he get see a badge? how awesome it was? Yeah. What kind of badge does he get? <laughs> Kramer, come on. could hurt jobs. Obviously, doesn't necessarily think that. But I want to know how commonplace the Zach stories are. Well, technology is a continuum. It's constantly getting lower cost and easier to use. And you see that. If, if that's the case, why do my Salesforce fees keep going up? If, if technology is always getting cheaper, why do Salesforce license fees always... Why are they going up basically 7% a year? 
Can I ask what the Zach story is? That they keep, you know they, what? They never got to they it. They never got to it. <laughs> You're going to tell me about the Zach story. Oh, that's a really that's interesting great. story. Oh, and no, they never talk awesome. about it. It's an awesome story is what he said. <sighs> and, you know, that's true with our company. We're rolling this product into so many companies. He's, he's rolling. He's, he loves to roll things. Roll trucks. Rolling, roll solutions. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands. Roll trucks full of solutions. Thousands of companies all over the world. How do we bring in all the jobs behind it? The Salesforce is only successful inside one of our customers if there are Salesforce administrators and Salesforce developers. And of course, there's going to be the Accentures and the Deloitte's and the systems integrators. Right. But what you really want is all these great entrepreneurs and developers and people who are looking to move from being a factory worker mm -hmm. like Zach. He was a factory worker. Right. And, and, not, he and no college. And then he re and, and Zach's going to be the only person with a job in about five years yeah. out of all of us. He retrained himself right. using the technology. And oh, I just heard about this great story of a minister in Australia did the same thing, was tired of being a minister, wanted to. Wow. Yeah. I'm a minister. I'm devoted to God. I got kind of sick of it. So I went to Salesforce. I'm just going <laughs> to leave that one right there. I'm not even going to comment on it. Different job. <laughs> Trained himself on Trailhead and was is now with one of our customers. And, and this idea that we can take hundreds of thousands, which we've done so right. far, but and scale it to millions and move them into a new workforce, this is really critical because Salesforce is a platform. The idea hey, that we on, can I, take I have to, I, words matter. I got to hear this again. Australia did the same thing, was tired of being a minister, <laughs> wanted a different job, trained himself on Trailhead and was is now with one of our customers. And, and this idea that we can take hundreds of thousands, which we've done so right. far, but and scale it to millions and that's what I wanted to hear. He's taken hundreds of thousands of jobs and scaled them to millions of jobs. What what is that? How do you scale hundreds of jo jobs? Well, into I think millions I think he's. I, I guess the only way I can rationalize it, if I'm if I'm playing the other side, is that it's it's accessible enough that they've been able to bring in hundreds of thousands of people into this sector, into the Salesforce economy, and that they want to expand it with this whole four hundred billion GDP and turn that into millions. So turn the hundred thousand that they brought into the fold. To millions, you know, I, I bet that I, I know who they have counting these numbers because, right? I mean, how do you get this count of numbers? How many people work? You don't, right? It's just the same thing with like, there are three million Salesforce developers, right? I mean, that's oh yeah, he went from a hundred thousand to <clears throat> or from three million to a hundred thousand. That's kind of it's a big drop. Yeah, um, but he's already hit the million. I know, mark. I know who I know who's doing all these numbers for him. <clears throat> they have hired themselves a six sigma black belt. <laughs> <laughs> Is it secretly you? I can't answer that question because <laughs> I'd have to kill you and everyone listening to this and that would be a massacre. <laughs> it was going to be another 20 stories. Oh, all right. Well, that and when I saw it, I was chat. like, that, I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> right, I jumped ahead. Then they redesigned it, re-engineered it, brought it back. What is he talking it, about? It's not quite as tall as it was and I'm like, you know, the this building. is a lot better for us. All right. Yeah. Now, I want to talk right. about something that you have schooled me on but I'm getting concerned about and it is artificial intelligence. I happen to... Oh my God! Even Kramer's getting concerned now, John. No, Kramer. Now, why would Kramer be getting? Kramer concerned? knows nothing about. A why does he exactly? So, why is he getting concerned? Uh, maybe the story changed because he read something. Maybe on the story changed. Maybe Benioff told him one thing one day, and then he said, "Now it's this," and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> wait a minute! Did I misunderstand something, or are you changing it on me?" With another company, seems some robots, and one of the described one of the person who was with me said, "You know what? This robot actually figured out as an arm that coffee could be too hot for the person who's drinking it, and we didn't program it like that." And I said, "Well, well that's not possible because it, it, is it 
thinking faster than we are? And they said, well, you know, we didn't expect it, but yes. Now, when I hear that, what's our role? If they can think, what do we do as people? No, I'm, I'm out of here, John. I'm out of here. <laughs> coffee knows when uh, robot knows when coffee. It's got a thermostat. It's got a, th- uh, a thermometer. I, I, wh- it, it had to John. Have- what do we do now? <laughs> what is left for us at this point? So, so this this robot went out to the to Radio Shack and picked up a thermometer and said, "I'm going to do something with this." Yes. Yeah. Right. The engineers did not build one into it. It just kind of figured out, and they were yeah. surprised. How did this thing detect temperature? Right. That's that's insane. We didn't give it a thermometer. You know, the funny thing is, it's like, on all you hear about this stuff on AI, and it's like, I don't know whether to laugh my ass off at this stuff or whether this is a serious problem. Is Peter Coffey right? Are we all going to be out of a job in no more than 10 years? Or is Benioff right? And this is the best job you could ever have. Uh, you know, I, I, I think the answer is somewhere in between. I think, I think we, as our careers and what we focus on, will evolve. Also, Just like the Industrial Revolution was supposed to kill kill off all these jobs with all well, these it did, automations, it and, it, and it did. Right. But people found new skill sets. They, they focused in different areas. We provided more services. Well, but, but look versus, in this country now. We don't have any manufacturing. And now you're taking, all of our th- you're taking away your thought workers. Right? And, 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 and again, you've, we've already got like huge percentage of STEM graduates that can't get jobs in STEM. We're going to make it worse. But I, I forgot to mention, I told you I went, to, I went and looked at Benioff's tweet about this top paying jobs thing because I wanted to see what and what he was referencing. I clicked on the link. It's one of these just scam, like I said, you know, like top 10. And every, every time you want to see the next one, you have to click the, oh. the arrow button over and, you, and a whole new set of ads and pop-ups yeah. and pictures of sexy women and all, just selling you everything that just whatever. <laughs> They'll sell you anything they can sell you. So that's, that was his source of information. But someone replied to that tweet and said, also, this also shows what a nightmare that uh, the ownership cost is for an organization. Hmm. B- basically saying that, you know, yeah, they are expensive, which is why it's like so expensive to run Salesforce nowadays. You've got to have one of these expensive admins and some expensive developers. This is ridiculous. They're the top paid people in the world, according to Benioff. Well, how, how can you that, afford that? That's why. <laughs> it's just all expensive. We're, 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 we're at least... Who am I supposed to believe, John? Who, who do I believe? We don't, we're all out of a job. We don't have jobs or this is the, the best jobs ever. So, so, Technology is getting nothing but cheaper and cheaper and cheaper or that my licenses are going up and up and up. What do I believe here? Why am I having, you know, a civil war in my head? I, I, th- I think as with all things, and I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to. This is cognitive dissonance I'm, 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 I'm experiencing. I'm trying to bring it down. I'm, try, I'm trying to think rationally here is I, I do see that we, we, we make these strides and we move towards this goal and we move towards it fast. And then we realize when we get there that it's not exactly what we thought it was going to be and we bring it back and we kind of reset and we kind of reanalyze and we take another path. And I, I, I have a feeling that's where we're at. We're going full force in this direction of AI, but I have a feeling we're going to bring it back and we're going to use it in a different way. We're, gonna, we're not going to use it in, in the way that everyone's predicting the, the doom and gloom of it's going to automate everything and it's, we're not going to, we're going to be the fat, John, pe- we're going to be the fat people on the spaceship drinking smoothies and, and watching TV <laughs> like on Wally. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> you know, I, you know I, that's the prediction. That's the future they're see, predicting. You should see my queue of movies and TV shows. I mean, that's, I, <laughs> that's the future they're predicting, but I have a feeling people, you know, at, at some point we're going to be like, you know what? This sucks. It's not the future we want and we'll change it and we'll do something different. We'll, 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 it, it will be a tool, but it will be a tool that, that we wield. Yeah. I don't know. 
But what happens when these tools build themselves and you don't need to pay anyone to build these tools anymore? Well, then you have the Horizon Zero Dawn scenario, which is a game, and the machines take over and all humans no, are extinct. Well, that, and also this, the basic income. <clears throat> you know about the basic income? We, we talked about that, didn't we? Well, look, this uh, idea that just another you know, government will, you know, pay everyone 40 grand a year. That's your base level. And then whatever you want to do on top of it, you can live on that if you want to, or if you, you know, want to make more money, you can go out there and flip some burgers. Oh, wait, that'll probably be automa automated too, right? Oh, yeah, that definitely. That'll get automated first. What are you talking well, about? Well, that's the problem. It's like, there's going to be nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> there's no manual jobs. There's no service jobs. There's no thought jobs. There's no... Um, well, so maybe no, we'll I, be just a bunch of fat people in, in chairs watching TVs floating around. And, and, and if, you're not a, if you're not a Benioff, a, a Gates, a, a, a Bryn, you know, a Zuckerberg, Ellison. an Ellison, you, you're, either, you're either almost a trillionaire... Or you, you know, you're you're getting you're getting this basic income income check of forty grand a year. That's a bit uh, doom and gloom. No, that's that, that's a bit extreme. Listen, I've been poo pooing that this theory for a while now, but it's getting. I mean, everyone's taking it more and more seriously. <laughs> I'm not taking it seriously. I'm not saying you I are. Th I think with Every as with all things, that that extreme future will not happen. Not because I choose not to believe in it. I, I think just believe, some version I just of believe it. in people. I believe that people will see that path and they'll recorrect. They will recorrect. We will get tired of that. We will be like, oh, this is boring. We'll, we'll, we're going back to building stuff. Okay. <laughs> well, look what the hipsters no, did. No, I know. I'm look what the hipsters did to, to craft things, whether it's beer, whether it's, uh, it's toys, whether it's uh, furniture. I mean, they took all the stuff that was mass produced and cheap. Um, excuse me, is that, is that locally sourced? And then they, they went down into the hood and, and bought a shop and started building stuff from hands and said, here, it's premium handcrafted. Building stuff from it. hands? <laughs> all right. Well, artificial intelligence this. is a technology. Deep learning is part of it. Machine intelligence is part of it. Machine learning is part of it. And you're right, it's advancing at, you know, record levels. We've never seen it but maybe go it's as too fast. fast as it is. It's too fast, John. It's too fast. Uh, he, he's scared. He needs some, like, uh, what, what the value? Oh, no, he's fine, too. He's fine, too, because he's buddied up with, with Benioff. I mean, he's at Salesforce. He takes he's got selfies um, at the at the tower with the with the trailhead bear. What we, that we don't know its name. He's going to be taken care of. He's put his time in. He's made his investments. He's fully vested. He just sounds scared right now. now. He's he's feigning fear, John. He sounds pretty Come scared. I'm, yeah. I'm convinced. Might be too fast because he's a bad actor. So it might be it, it might be just right. The reality is, I think it's important for everybody to understand what is happening, okay, and where it potentially could go. We've all seen the Terminator movie, right? That's but, what we're of course. It's, it's but actually, now. there's a lot of things we can do with artificial intelligence today to make our businesses much better. Okay, you know, every salesperson wants to be a salesperson that's guided and advanced to the right customer and the right prospect. Every marketer wants to build a one-on-one -on -one relationship with their customer. Every customer service person wants to be able to provide the best solution to that customer service uh, uh, in need. Okay. And the reality is, is that right now where the technology is, is going to make sure that you get a much better answer okay. and, and make you a better person. That's going to be true. It's going to make you a better person. I, uh, Salesforce Einstein is going to make you a better person. Which is good because I'm tired of dealing with your crap. <laughs> <laughs> with my crap? <laughs> Cross industries. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll have we'll have like little devices implanted in us, and and it'll tell us how to greet someone because it'd be like this person prefers to be greeted with hello, so I'll say hello, and you'd be like, oh, thank you for yeah. that. It'll tell you what their pronoun is. It'll tell you whether or not you you want me to shake your hand or not, or if you're yeah. a hugger. 
Yeah. And I can just, I can, I can choose the appropriate response. I see. This, this is where this will benefit me because I, I like to do what people are uncomfortable with. You just go around giving people no, creepy I, eyes and hugging them. No. By, by the way, everyone at, at the Texas Dreaming, beware. Jeremy's a hugger. Yeah. He, he, and he. And I specifically target target <laughs> people who seem like they're pulling back, like they're shy a little bit. That's when I go. I go all in. It's a bear. You breathe hug. on their it's neck. Big, yeah. You give them a hug and you breathe yeah, on their kind neck. Of whisper in their ear. <laughs> it's good to see you. Glad you made it. <laughs> Uh, this is, I, I just have to apologize. This is one of those episodes. It's just, I hope people, I hope they deleted this already. <laughs> Medical technology industry. Right. It's going to help radiologists become better radiologists. Now, this is, that's an interesting thing because radiologists in particular, um, uh, what are the oncologists, I guess, is another one. They're saying that they've already trained this AI. They can write, they can look at a scan and recognize tumors and all this stuff much more correctly than a doctor can. Now, is that going to replace these doctors? Eh. I don't think so. They're, well, but there's a whole line of these doctors that all they, they they sit around in their underwear at home, and they they get um, these images sent to them, and they're real doctors. But they they can sit at home and look at these images, and they they make diagnoses. And that, that's a whole that's a huge business. This tell them it's kind of part of telemedicine or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's tons of doctors, thousands of doctors that have these remote working jobs. That's all they do. Well, that's going to be gone. I don't think it'll be gone. I think there'll still be some some need for human intervention. I think the algorithm will help surface it, things it might that not are concerned be completely and prioritized. Gone. It might not be completely gone, but it's going to commoditize the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- I think that's fair. You know, in, instead of... Um, you know, being expected to do three an hour for, you know, I don't know, let's say call it 250, 300 bucks an hour. You're going to be expected to do, um, you know, 10 or 15 an hour. Well, if you can do 10 or 15 an hour because you've got this great computer tool, then we don't, we can take 80% of these doctors that are home doing this and fire them. They're not needed anymore because there's just not that much, there's not that many scans to review. Mm-hmm. And of course, look, the, this technology is going to need guardrails. But just coming back for a second, workforce development. This is what- Salesforce on rails. <laughs> <laughs> One of the reasons why I okay. felt right. I had to go uh, to the White sorry. House, participate in a workforce oh. development panel because we've got to make sure we have job retraining in place and let's create millions of well, new jobs. He, he's still not, he's talking about retraining. He's specific there. We're retraining. We're retraining to do what though? They're, he's talking about us, John. These top two paying jobs in the world. But what is what is what is going to have to retrain us? What is his plan for me as a developer or, or someone gonna, as an admin? He's going to retrain you Whoa. to do what though? Well, that doesn't matter. You don't question to, to mow his lawn. What 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 is he going to what is going to have me do? But that's what I want to know. What job is going to be left? What is going to be left? using apprenticeship. Well, let me, Looking forward to that basic income. Just one last question <laughs> about that. Uh, just homebrew to your heart's content. Yeah. during the first 100 days there would be some sort of war against technology that the president would come after. You told me to be open-minded that maybe <laughs> you could get growth and growth's good for everyone. Right. Why didn't it happen? I mean, to me, it seems like Paco and Terrace. It seems like there's a reach out by the president to technologists and people like you are uh, embracing. Well, I think that, you know, look, what, one thing I've noticed is that administrations have changed. I've worked with three of them, right. but my values don't change. Who I am, I'm going to be the same person. I'm going to give the be- same ideas, which is make sure we have business as a platform for change. Let's continue to keep our focus on our public schools. Nothing is more important, certainly during these times of artificial intelligence, right. than our public education. Our K-12 through schools are mission. So I definitely, I mean, I, <clears throat> I really take him at his word on all that. Yeah, I do too. I, 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 Felt that whole line was was fairly genuine. Yep. 
been critical. And as it as it as it uh, continues to grow and evolve, you, I think you and I know this is going to be critical that we are constantly right. training and retraining and creating these next generation jobs. I mean, do you is this what we have to look forward to? Constant. He just said a constant training and retraining. I mean, I know you and I are already, yeah. we're already in this business where you have to, I mean, you basically have to spend three of your weeknights and most of your weekend learning, keeping up with the latest stuff. Yeah. That's, and apparently we're going to, we're going to up that even more, but we're, you're not going to get to do this job anymore. This is going, this is going away. Peter Coffey sold us. It's going away. You can look at his Twitter feed. It's going away. Well, yeah, it's a message not, of hope. See, and I, I know that that is not unusual for you. Yeah, it? we're done. We, uh, we, we, Totally should have. We do we have announcements? I feel like we have some announcements. Um, <clears throat> and we should have done that. I mean, we're like this has turned into a, a quite a catastrophe yeah. of a show. Um, we should have announced we have we have some announcements about Trailhead, right? Or not Trailhead, uh, God Almighty, um, Texas, Texas Dreaming. Thank you, God. What is this? Listen to this Trailhead. Trailhead X, Texas Dreamin'. Everything's TD, TD, TD. That's what's all like jumbled <laughs> in my head. It is. <clears throat> um, what, what else? So we know Thursday night, we think we have a venue for our, for our meetup. Yeah. So here's the deal. Sessions are over at five. <clears throat> so I would suggest sneaking out a little bit early, but whatever. As soon as they're over, no, or maybe, you know, go back to your room, freshen up, whatever. But starting at five, we're going to start, we're going to be meeting across the street at the place you recommended, Eureka. Oh, cool. Which is a cool-looking place. Which I recommended last week, and you're like, I don't know yet. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't know. I like to do my due diligence. You did your diligence. So we've got, agreed. we got a reservation. They're going to you know, take care of us. So that's where our meetup's going to be. By the way, if you want to join us, if you're going here, or even if you're not going to Texas Dreaming, but you're still you're in the area, you live in Austin, whatever, uh, you're welcome to join us. I mean, we've got sponsors, so someone's going to buy you a drink. <clears throat> um, we need you to sign up though, just mainly because we need a headcount, and yeah. we already know what it is. We're, it's kind of it's probably about going to be 20, 15, 20 so far. I mean, who knows how many will show up? I don't know. Um, but if it's gonna, you know, if we're gonna have thirty, then I need to, I, we need to know because I've got to call them and tell them. Right. So please, if you plan on attending, we want you to come. But uh, go to our website, gooddayserpodcast.com. Click on the happy hour menu. Hap, yeah, happy hour. And just and just put in your email address, and that's I mean, we just need to know, we need we need to yeah you know, just your body count is all we need. I mean, we don't yeah. need anything else. <clears throat> so that's happening. Um, we're talking about you know just uh, trying to maybe do a, a bottle share a beer. That's a beer thing. Yeah, at some point. Um, hell, we'll do it. We'll do it in someone's. We'll do it in my room if we have to. But that would if people if there's a few people or whatever that want to do that. So the someone asked what a bottle share is. Yeah, it, this is a, this is a beer thing. I mean, the wine guys do it too. I'm a wine guy too. I'm, I'm equal opportunity. I know. But it's just no. You bring a bottle or a can or two of some beer that you like or that's really good or that you know other like uh, people can't get. Like if you're from a state that's got a brewery that you know makes great beer, but they don't really ship other places very much. You know. Or they can't. Bring, or they can't. <laughs> bring, you know, bring some of that or whatever. But it's, no, we all just, you know, we set it, we, you know, we'll set up, you know, you get a solo cup, right? And we all just share, you know, to, we, we, <laughs> you get little samples of all these different beers. It's just, you know, it's a thing. So I was thinking maybe we could squeeze that in Friday, like right after sessions. And then Friday night, you know, I still don't have any specific plans, but well, that's my birthday. Friday's my birthday, right? So yeah. we'll, you know, we'll go out to dinner. And if anyone who wants to, you know, Tag along, you know. Um, I know there's a lot of people that are staying in for the weekend too. So we'll, I think Friday night. I mean, I don't. We might try to plan something, but right now it's just going to be kind of ad lib. But yeah, um, I will. 
We'll we'll probably have to keep it to Slack because I don't think we're going to record next week. Um, we well, are. I thought we were going to record well, during but, the happy hour. Yeah, but it'll be. We won't be able to notify people listening to this oh, podcast. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So just keep an eye on the Slack. If you're not in the Slack, if you haven't joined our Slack team, it's uh, it's a way to continue this conversation about Salesforce stuff and. You know, there's a lot of people who take this stuff way more, you know, more, more seriously than John and I on this podcast, <laughs> at least today. So it was a fun, uh, just a fun thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's a friendly group and there's some smart people in there. So you should join. Go to gooddaysirpodcast.com. Click on community. And again, just give us your email address and we will add you to the Slack team. Okay. Any other announcements? <clears throat> no. Uh, write a review. I still don't have the socials. So um, <clears throat> I think Allison, uh, I just had a mental reply. I have not replied yet. Mentioned this <laughs> idea of doing like, you can rent a brew bus. You know, there's several of these things in Austin. For This is for Saturday. Mm-hmm. People who are staying for Saturday. Um, it will take you to two or three breweries. I think that's a great idea for people who want to do that. I am that, that the inflexibility of that worries me because I'm, <clears throat> especially when it comes to beer and hitting these different breweries I want to do, it makes me nervous and gives yeah, me. Yeah, you want to be able to take your yeah, time. Like, it makes me sweat. So, so I'm not going to do that. But if anyone who wants to do that, that's a great idea. I will try to publish a schedule as soon as possible so that at least people who want to do the brew bus, they can. They can hit at least some of the same breweries that that I'm planning on doing, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of us are. Um, just so we can kind of coincide. And if people want to go to different breweries or whatever, and and um, by the way, Austin does not have Uber or Lyft. So I do recommend if you don't have a designated driver, um, getting some kind of, you know, either getting one or doing one of these uh, car services mm-hmm. or just, you know, being like the guy who just tastes the beer but is not really drinking that much. Um, right. But they, Austin has, you know, uh, what Ride Austin is one. And there's, a, there's another, I think there's a two or three others. But um, yeah, you know, that's another great option. Just team up with four or five other people, right? And share one of these things. Get a car, you know, just have them, when you're, when you're done with Jester King, you want to go into, you know, Pine House or 512 or one of these other breweries, just, call, you know, get a car and share it with four or five people and split the cost. Yeah. It's not that expensive. <clears throat> All right. Um, is that it for now? That's it. I will try to, as soon as possible, get a schedule out though of the breweries that I'm trying to, going to try to go to and what the order is. Yeah. I mean, we ran kind of long, so I have some questions from the community that I think we'll save for next time. Maybe we'll make a game out of them or something at the happy hour. We'll see. Are any uh, of them like really time? No, you know? they're not time. Okay. There's things, they're questions to us. So I think I think we're, we're safe and saving them. They're not perishable. They're not perishable. There you go. Good work. <clears throat> All right. So what do we not announce? So, you know, the Slack, uh, we, we we love getting more people on the Slack. It's just, I think, um, you know, the more the merrier. If you want to just, you know, hang out and, and um, what's it called? Lurk and not say anything. That's fine too. Yeah. But uh, what else? You know, share us on the socials. Uh, r- r- iTunes reviews are great. We love those. They feed our our broken, shattered, weak egos. <laughs> no, they, they supposedly help us somehow. <clears throat> yeah. You know, there's some algorithms. We hope. Um, you know, and, and click on, and, and over, if you use Overcast or Pocketcast, one of these things, any of those likes, those send messages, you know, they, they help. Um, share us. Oh, you know, I wanted to mention, <clears throat> and I'll, we'll have to link these up if I remember. <laughs> I've been meaning to say this. Um, but Roger Mitchell and Brett Nelson both have, um, they've been doing really good um, content on their blogs of just like kind of Salesforce-related development, how to do some of this um, you mm-hmm. know, JavaScript framework stuff with Salesforce. So if anyone's into that, I suggest looking both of those guys' blogs. They're doing a lot of good stuff. Just wanted to mention that. No good stuff? And to that, I say, good day, sir. You get nothing! You lose! Good day, sir!
Two out of the top 10 jobs in the United States that are the best paying jobs are Salesforce, Salesforce administrators and Salesforce developers.